As Unitarian Universalists, we find wisdom and inspiration in many places. Jewish and Christian scripture, other sacred texts, the arts, science, nature, our own experiences. Our tradition keeps us open to revelation from many sources. Our first reading is taken from the words of Reverend David Blanchard, UU Minister Retired. Our songs. Our songs sing back to us something of our essence, something of our truth, something of our uniqueness. When our songs are sung back to us, it is not about approval, but about recognizing our being and our belonging in the human family. The second reading and the reflection will be given by our pulpit guests. I will take my papers away. Pardon the grace. Well, the second inspirational uh, reading is Prairie's Bond of Union, the actual Bond of Union. And it replaced the original very stilted uh, Bond of Union that was based on First Unitarians uh, Society's Bond of Union that I think was written in the 1800s. Uh, this new Bond of Union, our Bond of Union, was written in 1969 and has remained exactly the same except for the addition of one sentence in 1974. We, we, the, the members, members of Prairie, wish to associate ourselves together in a religious community which affirms that we share our common humanity, that we need one another, and that our futures are inescapably bound together. Together, we would expand our intellectual horizons, enrich our sensory experiences, and deepen our emotional sensitivities. We would sharpen our ethical awareness and broaden our sense of social responsibility. We would stand tall in our quest for integrity of life, yet not at others' expense. As the prairie stretches out until it becomes one with the sky, let us reach out to touch and be one with the natural world and with one another. Well, hello again and greetings from Prairie Unitarian Universalist Society. Uh, we are located across town from you near Verona Road in the Beltline, if you didn't know where Green Prairie was. Um, I'm Mary Mullen, I was invited here because I part, was part of the history committee that put together that two volume uh, large history of Prairie that was released this spring. And we were asked to talk to you about uh, the theme of belonging, as illustrated by our belonging at Prairie. Uh, all three of us are longtime members. Uh, my first association with Prairie began in 1980, when I was asked to speak at Prairie about the Dunsmarsh neighborhood where I live. Prairie had just bought a building there, a half a block from my home. And Jack Jollings, a Fitchburg town supervisor and uh, one of the movers and shakers at Prairie, had recommended uh, me to talk because of my activism for the environment in the neighborhood. So belonging began as an invitation. And then about a year later, Prairie invited me to speak again, and I said, well, I don't want to say the same thing. So I got another slideshow together and uh, spoke then. 
And I think it was then that I started attending regularly at Prairie. And then in 1983, I was asked to become the spring lay minister on the subject of the environment. I was really honored because my father was a minister. And here I was being asked to uh, follow in his footsteps. And of course, I hadn't had any education in that. I never went to seminary or anything. And at that time, becoming a lay minister meant giving and or organizing nine different services all in a row. Uh, I thought it would only be fair to become a member of Prairie at that point. <laughs> so I signed the book on March 23, 1983. And since then, I've given or organized about 60 more services beyond those first nine. And then, I, of course, I also became a fixture at Prairie. I attended every Sunday, and I continued to do that. Pretty soon, I was a committee member, and then I was a board member, and eventually I was president. And uh, for me, belonging has meant just saying yes to things, to invitations. And those invitations make me, made me feel uh, wanted and needed. Uh, I also believed in the mission of the church as expressed in our bond of union. Uh, in addition, uh, serving gave me a chance to do some things that I never would have done uh, otherwise. In other words, a chance to grow. I, and I sincerely doubt that I would have had all these opportunities, especially to lead that many services, if there had been a minister in charge. Uh, since we've had part-time ministers since 2005, we, actually we had 33 years without ministers at all. Um, uh, I think that people began to sit back a little bit. Um, and this is true even though as part of our uh, services, as, actually as part of the service, we always have a talk back or question and answers. Well, despite uh, all this participation, it took me a long time before I began to pledge. Why should I give hundreds of dollars a month? That's kind of what I thought. I hated to even spend that much on, uh, half that much on, on uh, health insurance. And at first I didn't even put money in the offering. And I'll, I'll tell you that as late as 1991, baskets weren't even passed regularly at Prairie. But as became more a part of the congregation, I didn't even have to think twice about giving. I'm not the biggest giver, but I'm definitely in the top 10%, and I believe it's been worth every nickel that I've given. And then I asked myself, well, what else does belonging to Prairie uh, mean? Well, here's an example. Uh, Twenty-some years ago, my partner and I had bought a house. When we broke up, I couldn't immediately move back into my own house because I was renting it, and I had to give notice. My mother even called me homeless. <laughs> but I wasn't homeless uh, in any respect because uh, when I mentioned during the joys and concerns uh, section of the Prairie Service that I needed a place to stay for a few weeks, five people raised their hands. One was Pat Watkins, um, some of you may have known her, and I did stay at her house for about a month. Um, I loved doing that. I, I stayed at three different people's homes, and I saw Madison, Madison from all these different doorways, and, and I really enjoyed finding out how different it was to live in a different part of town, although all of them were on the west side. And I'd say, well, that's belonging when five people say, you can live in my home for weeks. <laughs> and then as a second example, um, when I started at Prairie, I had some musical background, but I never would have dared to play my guitar and harmonica for a service. 
Um, at Prairie, people come up to you afterward, after you play a number, uh, you know, at the end of the service, and they express uh, um, appreciation, even if you made a mistake or two. <laughs> and over the years, uh, dozens of Prairie people, um, including young kids, have performed. And because uh, we're such a the forgiving nature of the of the audience, they've gained uh, confidence and a performance skill. And you can just see that with the kids especially because, you know, at first they're kind of hesitant. And then, you know, the second time they play, they're a lot better. And that goes, well, that goes for adults too. Uh, in our history book, which you'll be able to look at out uh, in the uh, lobby afterward, we have three whole pages of lists of musicians that were available at um, various times in our history. One in 1986, uh, another page for 2006, and a third page for 2018. And uh, some of the people are the same, some people have passed on, and of course there are new people on the list. Uh, finally, I want to say a, a couple of words about uh, the spirituality of attending Prairie. At first, I really couldn't understand how most of the services would even be classed as religious. You know, I grew up in my father's church where he was the minister. He The services were very one-pointed in his church. It was always about Jesus. Well, going to prairie, Jesus is not the focus. Heaven and hell are not the topics. And we aren't told directly what we ought to believe. Uh, because at prairie, a series of services could be about the environment, about aging, about the male experience, about working, or about needed changes in the criminal justice system. These were all ministry topics, that lay ministry topics at Prairie the first few years that I was there. I was really forced to rethink my ideas about what it means to be religious or a good person. It wasn't just a belief. And uh, now as a result of being in a lay-led uh, con UU congregation, I view every part of life as religious. I credit belonging to Prairie as bringing me to those insights. Uh, just to say a, a sentence or two about our history book, it, it, it contains a lot more stories about how people happened to come to Prairie and then to stay. And it's also much more than a chronological history. That's just the first 150 pages. <laughs> and the rest is, is all topical. Uh, we hope to take a look at it out there in the lobby uh, for, uh, while we're having coffee after the service. Uh, I'd like to say we'd be happy to offer a workshop on how to go about writing a congregational history if you want to. I think you're 25 years old or something like that. Um, it's time consuming, it's hard work, but uh, we on the committee found it uh, extremely rewarding and we got to know each other very well, too. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. My name is Barbara Park. And I've been a member of Prairie since the late 1970s. Doug asked us to talk about, oh, closer, okay. Doug asked us to talk about what it means to belong to Prairie. But I want to go way back further and talk first about why UU. How did I end up with a strong UU identity? Then, why Prairie? When I was about four years old, my best friend was Linda Shook. Her mother asked my mother, if it would be all right if they took me to Sunday school. Um, their church was Betts Memorial Universalist Church in Syracuse, New York. Permission granted, I loved it. The Shugs moved away when we were about 11, and I insisted on continuing to attend. My mother took me, attended, 
she said, what was I supposed to do, wait in the parking lot? <laughs> and became a member for the rest of her life. So thus I identified as a universalist, and that has been an important part of who I have become. I voted against merger, by the way. Clearly I lost. <laughs> So wherever I have lived, the first thing I do is seek out the local UU congregation. Coming to Madison in 1971, that meant going to First Society, which I did. I joined the choir, my daughter attended the Sunday school, and you would think I had found my place, but I never felt that sense of belonging that I was looking for. Then I heard there was another group. I was an East Sider and had no idea where West Lawn was, which is where we were meeting at the time. I lived on East Lawn. Of course, there's no connection between West Lawn and East Lawn. So, and of course, this was not here. If, if, uh, if Reba had been here, I could have walked to church. But this was 1971. You weren't here. So anyway, I found Prairie. I walked in, and I was home. I've been an active at Prairie for the last 40 years. So what made this home? Honestly, I'm not sure. I told friends I had found a group of populated by a bunch of old-time liberals. It felt that this was the universalist church in town. I liked that. With, and with no minister, I had a chance to get to know people as they shared their stories, through their presentations, and questions and discussion. If a minister is up there weekly, you get to know that person, but not necessarily the other members of the church. Probably the size helped, too. On a practical level, belonging to a fellowship is work. It calls for people to be involved. Things don't happen unless people step, step up and make them happen, and that's probably true here also. But this means that a fellowship isn't always right for any particular person or a person at any particular stage of their life. If you want to go to church and sit in the back and just listen, you better go to FUS. <laughs> at Prairie, I've had the privilege of being everything from the choir director to the president and many jobs in between. That just goes with the territory of involvement in a small congregation, as you undoubtedly well know. There have been opportunities I probably would not have had in a larger congregation where they lean toward more professional help. One question Doug had for us was how Prairie fits into the UU landscape in Madison. Well, after living in Boston and Chicago, I came to appreciate the fact that I had choices in which church to attend and could find one that was a good fit. In Madison, we are now lucky to have three choices, which was not true in the mid-60s. The three groups have very different characters, FUS, large, formal, REB, smaller, and fits its east side location and it has that east side niche. And Prairie, friendly, informal, it's a, get to, um, it's a let's get to know you, do it yourself sort of place. This gives newcomers in town a real choice. When people show up at Prairie, I always ask them, have you visited the other two congregations? 
I think that helps them find the one that's right for them, the right fit. It makes UUism stronger to have a range of choices and that people understand their choices. When I got together with that friend from my four-year-old self, I told her to thank her mother. Thank her, thanks to her, I've been able to find like a like-minded, like-minded community wherever I have gone, not to mention finding two husbands <laughs> who are UUs. <laughs> that act of welcoming has shaped and enriched my life from then to now and undoubtedly will into the future. Hi, I'm Rosemary Dorney, and I'm going to tell you how I came to Prairie, but I wanted to mention one thing. This past week, Thursday, we had um, a memorial service for the fourth writer of our book. She was the eldest, she was 92, and the busiest, most active 92 I ever have known. I won't do that if I make it to 92, believe me. Uh, it was a wonderful service. We miss her terribly. And the big thing about Ruth was that she was um, around for the beginning of Prairie. I came about two years later, and Barb came three or four years after I did. And as Mary pointed out, she came to Prairie because she lived near. And we hooked her, didn't we, Mary? <laughs> so I wanted to pay tribute to Ruth because the first part of our book, which probably will be less interesting to you than the personal stories, but it's very important to us uh, because there's not anybody else left to write it. It'll vanish if somebody doesn't write it down. Um, and I think that's what kept us motivated to write. I um, grew up in the Roman Catholic Church and I lapsed uh, about the second year of college and visited various churches. I even at one time married a minister's son. And when I look back on that, I think, was that me? But um, <laughs> unfortunately, it was. Uh, <laughs> that, that didn't stick. I, I, my father-in-law and I never got along very well. I'm not sure that's it. But anyway, um, in about the mid-60s, we were living in Chicago, where I was born, near the university. Um, and if you know First Unitarian, it's really almost part of the university architecturally. The university is, um, unlike many universities, it's got quadrangles, and it's um, a united sort of architecture, and First Church fits in there just fine. Um, it was a good-sized church, I don't think as big as First Tier, but um, certainly not the size of yours or ours now. And everybody was very nice. We had a wonderful church school. Um, my kids loved it. And we were going along okay. Um, it became a very turmoil time. The late 60s in the country, in Chicago, were pretty awful. Um, with things going around, up in flames all around us and uh, uh, race wars, um, gunners', gunners nests on top of the Art Institute, you know. This is not the way to live. And uh, my husband and I were not doing well either. So we separated in 1969, and I came back here. 
I had gone to school here and sort of lingered on, and um, my children had been born here. So it was the only other place I really knew. Unlike Barb, I haven't lived in four different good-sized cities. Um, and when I came back here, I went to First Unitarian, which I knew I'd actually worked there one summer. Um, and I enrolled my kids in the RE, but they said to me, our RE is crammed. Families were bigger then, mothers were at home then uh, to take care of them, so there were a lot of families with four, five, six kids. And they just didn't uh, have the facilities to handle it. They had younger sisters and brothers coming along that they felt an obligation to be there for. So they said they would take our children till the end of the year, but then we would have to make another arrangement. And oh, by the way, did you know there's another Unitarian church in town? Huh? What, you know, in the first place, Madison is not a huge city. The idea of a second Unitarian church was very surprising to me. And of course, it hadn't been here when I was here before. So it took a while to locate it. They had a traveling telephone. And, <laughs> I, you know, some weeks one person had it and some weeks another. And depending on which person I got, the information was more or less. Uh, but I finally found it. And uh, they were meeting downtown in the Y at that time. That was their second uh, venue. And then we've had, what, three cents. And now we have our own home and they were welcoming to my children. They were delighted to have more kids in their RE program. Well, we fit in right away. Uh, people there were involved in the same issues that we were uh, at, in Chicago, uh, not quite as bloodily, but it was exciting and, and lively, and there was the energy that there is with a new group um, and they had a lot of family activities, which, which really turned me on because I was newly divorced. And, uh, you know, if any of you, and I bet many of you have, if you've ever been a single around a lot of couples, you really feel different. But Prairie didn't uh, make that an issue at all. So we, were, we moved along nicely. I loved the, the lay ministry. Um, having come from a, a hierarchical, patriarchal uh, background where everything was quite rigid, including how you could believe and what you could believe, and questions were no no. Prairie um, was a great relief. They loved questions and, uh, and debate. That was, that was okay too. And it was very civil, which is um, uh, uh, certainly better than rioting. So, and oh, the other thing was the love of music. Prairie has loved its music as far back as I can remember, and there's always been a lot of it. We've always had a lot of people who could play one instrument or another, and people willing to learn. Mary learned two or three instruments after uh, joining Prairie, and our, our dear Ruth, uh, who just died, uh, even learned the cana. She learned the recorder first, and then the Peruvian flute, the cana. Um, I, I bet you we were the, almost the only Unitarian church in the country that had people playing the cana. But it was, it was lovely. 
we have had our ups and downs. Everybody does, and we have survived them, and we've been supportive of one another. We have, in cases where the lack of bylaws caused some problems, we have gone in and tr tried to fix them so that we wouldn't get into the same kind of problems again. And that's worked. That's worked also. Um, we support one another in times of need. When, when my son died and my husband and I were giving a memorial service for him, I never even thought about who'd clean up. I thought about food for people, and we certainly thought about the service and who would sing what and who would play what. Never crossed my mind that there would be dishes. And I didn't have to cross my mind. By the time I'd spoken to the last person and was ready to leave, the place was spotless. They'd all taken care of it. Everybody stepped in. Um, it was wonderful. I really didn't have much to give at that point. And it was, it's always been like that, you know? And what goes round comes round. You help, you visit the sick, um, you help people with their lawns when they get to be my age, you help them with other things that they can't do anymore. Um, and your turn to help, well, I've, gosh, I've cleaned gutters at Prairie and toilets. I have painted the kitchen, scraped and varnished moldings. Um, and I would still rather do that than say 10 Hail Marys in order to get relief. <laughs> relief of 500 days in purgatory, you know? You make your choices. And, <laughs> and, and I made mine. So the extended family thing really worked for me. So many of us are from other, other cities and come here and end up without any family anywhere near. My three brothers are in the other three time zones, if you get my point. And um, so you make your own, you make your own extended family, uh, little by little. And Prairie has certainly been mine. Um, it's helpful with our worries about aging, what to do if you can't live in your house anymore, um, and help if you are going to be stubborn and live in it as long as humanly possible. So. I guess um, I wanted to close. Uh, many of you will know the, the poem of Robert Frost that talks about um, home is where they take you in when you have no place else to go. And that sounds like a last resort thing. I don't see it that way. I see it as the place that was always there for you and where you were always welcome. And when things are really crappy, um, you have a place to go and you're accepted without question and people help you heal your wounds. And I, I really see Prairie that way um, and I'm, I can't tell you how glad for it. <laughs>